Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The opinions on Scoop Squad Truth Squad are those of the hosts and the guests and not those of WVRC Media. Copyright 2023. Good evening, Charleston. You're listening to the Scoop Squad Truth Squad. Um, I'm Ashley. I'm your host. I've got Sarah, hey, my guys. co-host. Hey, Sarah. Hey. Hey, Ron. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm tired this Wednesday. I'm not going to lie. Being a, a teacher week. and a mom and a it's nini. A tiresome time of year. It's a tiresome time of year, um, and it's a busy time of year. Yes. I feel like there's meetings popping up everywhere. Um, I attended a meeting last night in South Charleston. Um, I think there was one Monday night that I was not able to make. It was the city council meeting, yes. right, Sarah? But yes. you were there. I was right, there, girl. Oh, was Got I there. some scoop on the city council meeting. Was it a contact sport now? Or it, <laughs> it it very well could have been. It could have been a, a contact sport. Thank goodness. Describe it wasn't. that. Why why was it a contact sport? Well, I. I I could have very easily fallen. And if you know me, when I fall, I cry. <laughs> I do. I get very embarrassed and I cry. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, uh, some faces were made mm. when others were speaking. And I, you know, I like, I like catching those things yeah. and to be able to be like, hmm. well, that's been going on since I, I remember the first time I tuned, tuned into a city council meeting was a couple years ago when they were doing them via Zoom. Right. And everybody was on a Zoom box. And, the faces, like, <laughs> I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Do you know that your face is on a screen right. and, like, we're all seeing the eye rolling. We're all seeing the, <sighs> and walking away from the camera, like, ugh. And the huffing and the puffing. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, they can't, you know, you just can't hide who you are. No, you right? really can't. So, at the top of the hour, I do want to say uh, thank you real quick to our um, our sponsors. We've got Quinn Computers in Spring Hill for all your computer needs. If they can take care of Ron's computer, they can take care of yours. I really can mess up a computer. <laughs> well, okay, Especially no. when I use it for work. No, com- <laughs> no comment. No comment. Uh, Elisa Payne up at uh, Eggplant. I was just in there last night, and she's got some of the most wonderful organic oils. Ooh. I love my oils. Um, mm. She's got some great West Virginia Whatever made products. Whatever you had last week in mm-hmm. the car smells so good. That wasn't one of hers. It wasn't? No, but she... I didn't know she carried them. Okay. The oils. Um, I went yet there last night to get the baby something. She's got a wonderful baby specialty shop Ooh. up there that I could have stayed in for hours. Um, and then she's got a lot of West Virginia made um, products. It's just kind of a a place where you just could go in and spend a couple hours just looking at everything. I, I used to go there when my grandmother was living, and you know, because a ninety five year old woman always has you know everything. But yeah. I could go there and, and get find something that she didn't have. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And you now I have those as mementos. Oh, I love that. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love it. And it's just right around the corner from my house. So I love to walk around there and it yeah, kind of a nice little walk. It's a stress reliever. It's a nice little walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I did something else um, interesting last week. Yeah. Um, did I get all of our sponsors? I did. Yeah. 
Okay. We yes. had them. Yes. Uh, well, then I also wanted to say really quick, because this is the last time that I'm going to be able to say it before next week, but uh, Judge Mary Claire Akers is going to be performing weddings on Valentine's Day. She is going to be, they call it the, the King of Hearts, and she's taking up uh, Judge Charlie, the late Judge Charlie King's um, uh what he his what he did every his tradition. year his tradition thank she's you sometimes I lose my words because I'm getting old um, <clears throat> but yeah she's gonna be doing that next um, Valentine's Day and if you are interested in getting married um, and making an appointment then you can email Kim Gregory at Westford at Court WV dot com all right so. Go do it. I think that'd be fabulous. I can't wait to see the pictures and hear all the wonderful stories. Okay, so last week I did something that I everything in me told me not to do it. But that's usually when you just go ahead and do it anyway. Right. Yeah. You mean, know what? That's kind of, the older I get, I'm just like, I'm just going to do it. Right. And however it turns out, it's going to turn out. Right. Um, but Trey Kay is, a, um, is an award-winning journalist, nationally recognized um, he is working for West Virginia Public Broadcasting right now, um, and he has a podcast called Us and Them. Wow. Is he going to come on our show? Well, he is. I asked him to come on because here's wow. the thing. He Okay, so it's Us and Them, and so the pod, the basis of the podcast is kind of like this podcast, right? right. Like um, people from different ideologies or from different political backgrounds or whatever um, getting both sides of an issue. And the issue that he uh, was working on for his next podcast was the homeless issue. And um, he called me and we, he had touched base, base with me a few years back um, um, when I was again leading the charge <laughs> for an injustice that I saw being done. And um, he, he called me or he face, Facebook messaged me and he asked me if he could interview me. And back then, I was just like, you know what? I've looked at some of your stuff. I, I've listened to some of your stuff, and I just don't feel comfortable interviewing with you. And that's how we left it. Um, now, his family and my family know each other. Um, and so I didn't want it to be rude, but and he was fine with that. Um, but he did reach back out to me. He called my phone, actually, and asked me if he could get my perspective on the homeless issue in Charleston. So you were on his podcast. Well, not yet. Um, I'm sure they're doing a lot of editing. Um, it's already recorded, but you he, we did. <clears throat> he, I met him downtown um, in front of the uh, Sacred Heart Grade School playground. Did you trip over any homeless encampments while you were in front of the school? Or? I, I did not. But can I tell you, you know, I expressed to him my concern. I was like, look, I, I'm hesitant to do this. You know, if I'm the only one. That you can call, like he's like, we've got a lot of people on the other side of the issue. But I'm having a hard time getting this other perspective, and people are telling me that I need to call you. And I'm like, okay, that right there, that's a red flag. Right. Right. Lots of red right. flags, no, especially <laughs> in this t- in this area where you should find plenty of people that right, would like be right. on your side of the fence. Yeah, like why are you calling me? So, so I went down there and I, I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to do it. Like, you know, I, if you just take the wheel, I'm just going to do it and whatever, I'm just going to trust you and go down there and talk to him. So, and plus I'm curious, right? Right. But I did express my concern. Can I tell you what the first question was he asked me? Absolutely. Go ahead. He said, what does the Bible say about how to deal with homeless people? You should have turned that question around on him and say, well, what do you believe it says well and that's another thing when i started asking did him you, did you ask him to join our bible podcast i and did read, not read the bible with us the way that we've been doing no ron told me i should have said well the bible says that if you don't work you don't eat and that is that, that is absolutely an act but holy moly <clears throat> if i would have said but that we also we also have the parable of the guy that the the that paid his servants the exact same wage right. when they all work different hours. Right. Yeah, so right. We have that, so we've got some conflicting. Well, I just thought it was an. Well, they all worked though. That, well, I they thought did. it That's was right. an, and everybody got work. paid what they were promised. Right. I just thought it was an odd way to start out a, an interview, and I I I didn't really know how to. I'm like, love your neighbor as your, like, I don't really know. And and it, when I got back in the car after an hour and a half interview, it hit me. And I'm like, you know what? What you were really asking me this whole interview was how do you reconcile your faith 
with your views on the homeless people. Like, that's really what you were asking me. Well, hold on. Let's go back because we're friendly. We're friendly, but we also don't want our children to be right. exposed to, you know, they we don't want them snatched off the street. Well, we want everybody to know? be safe. That's the bottom exactly, line. It's not know? about, it's not about, forget the impact on the environment. If you're an environment, you know, environmentalist, you should be concerned with the impact of the homeless people and the, and what's going on and the, the, the trash they're leaving and, and the way they're using the streets for the bathroom. You should be concerned about that. But forget about that part of it. The and bottom line. Of course, line, there's the fires that go the fi- along with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the fires, you know, the, the, the camping that goes on. But um, the fact that it's just not safe for anybody. It's not safe for the homeless people that are. And then the last question he asked me was, do homeless people have a place in Charleston? Are you stunned? Like, I, I'm like, I, what? Don't, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> that's what I said. Well, they've always had a place in Charleston. I mean, that's exactly what I said. I'm like, I, I don't, mean, I'm not th- sure how to answer that. I think that is deliberately being divisive. Like, I, well, how am I going to, yes, no? Like, either way I answer that, it's not, you know, and I, I, I think that I ended the interview by saying, yeah, I mean, we. Every, a, everything in moderation. They have a I place mean, inside. Should Absolutely. we take every homeless person in the country? Do Should they have? Mean, do they all have a place here? Yeah, this is this is. I don't understand this. This is what I don't understand. You say that you want to house everybody, and then you're mad when we want to house everybody. But but wait wait because, wait 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 because a house is not the problem, and that's what I said. It's not about a home for these people. It's about being homeless is not about a home. It, it there is something we've got to figure out why they're homeless. Like there's an emptiness. We could give yeah. them a home or a house, and it's not going to solve the problem of drug addiction, of mental illness, or anything else that's plaguing these people. Like that's a house. After a while, they'll be back on the street. Right. right exactly. Not, because they don't know how to hold it down. You're not solving. You're not solving the problem. Anyway, long story short, um, I don't know how that interview is going to turn out, but it. I know that it wasn't a conversation. Right, you know, and um, to just let me blather on I, when you ask me questions like, "Does do homeless people have a place?" And I, I, I mean, the name of the podcast kind of sets it up. It does. It's not like we're having a conversation trying to find middle ground, which I think most of us. Which actually this is have. what this podcast right. is about, right? I think that's. I think his podcast is very much showing that there is a difference, and I think that most people will tell you that if we can sit down and have a conversation, right. Like, why don't you bring me in to the table with the people that you've talked to on the other side of the fence? Like, we all know what the problem is. Like, we all have, we all know what, I know what they believe. They know what I believe. And just. We can pull something together, you know? And it bought, like, it was so funny because I had a friend on Facebook and I had mentioned that I had lunch with, with Mayor Jones and I had actually gone to him and apologized for something and they ripped me a new one and then blocked me and then you know they're coming after us in the needle debacle yeah and i'm literally like because i had lunch right. with mayor Ju- and i'm literally like grow up yeah like i, I he's got a wealth i mean people it, have perspectives I, and knowledge that we don't have like that's we're not supposed to be friends with anybody on the opposite end well that like it, that's silly I think that's crazy. And then nothing's ever going to get done, nothing's right? Nothing's ever going to get if done. If we don't sit down at the same table. So it, it, on, along that same same line, Sarah, there was a, um, a, a bill introduced in right. city council, bill number 7983 by Caitlin Cook and Jennifer Farr. Correct. And the bill is um, to establish a health equity action plan. Uh-huh. With a board. Well, good evening, Ooh. ma'am. Have a seat, ladies and gentlemen. We're joined by... We are joined by Miss Kayla Kayla Young. Young. Yes, can we take a break, Ryan? We'll get Kayla some headphones on, and uh, we will be right back, and she can jump in this discussion. (laughs) All right, we'll be right... Scoop Squad Truth Squad is brought to you in part by T-Graphics on Charleston's west side. For 38 years, this Charleston-based business has provided in-house professional screen printing, commercial-grade heat transfers, very important to set us apart from the cricket world, and embroidery, promotional products, 
advertising, specialties, distribution, serving clients locally, regionally, and nationally. Superior service, quality goods, and on-time delivery. Call 304-345-4816 or go to tgraphics.com. That's T-E-E-Graphics.com. And by Quinn Computers. With many of us working from home, connectivity is more important than ever. Let Quinn Computers in Spring Hill take care of all your computer challenges. Computer and laptop service, all brands. Network troubleshooting and repair. Wireless network, VPN installation and support. Security and firewall installation and support. Backup and recovery service, remote systems administration. www.quintechnology.com. That's www.quinntechnology.com. You're listening to the Scoop Squad Truth Squad, brought to you in part by Quinn Computers in Spring Hill, and by Eggplant on Bridge Road. And you're back with the Scoop Squad Truth Squad and Kayla Young, Delegate, um, Delegate, House of Delegates, mm-hmm. District 52. 56. 56, I, sorry. 56. 56. Yeah, it's say? hard to remember because yeah. it's a new number. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's a it's a new number. Yeah. It's new lines and new people. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, congratulations oh. on your win. Thanks. It was close. It was a very close win. Yeah. Can I just compliment your dress? Sure. It's great because <laughs> it, it is show stopping. And by the way, my daughter told me she's like every time I talk to her, she's like I saw Kayla at the Capitol. She her fashion is just oh. on. You kind of have. Don't take this the wrong way. Okay. But you kind of have that Sanima, is that her name? Who's that? Uh, I don't know. In, in the Senate. She was Kristen from. Sinema? Kristen Sanima. Yes. Several people have said You've that. I'm glad that. it hasn't cut on because. Yeah. Uh, I, she's not my favorite, but I like yeah. her fashion sense. Yeah. I may not like her, yeah. but I sure. like her fashion sense. You know, she's kind of got that. I'll say same. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> you, look, you look great, Thank girl. You. And congratulations on your win. Thanks. And, um, uh, you know, I know it was a close. A close race. Was 50, it closer than you thought? 58 votes. 58 votes. Yeah. Wow. That just goes to show you. I mean. Yeah. It really does matter. Your vote matters. Mm-hmm. So um, thanks for coming in. Thanks I know me. that it's a busy time for you. Yeah. Tomorrow's day 30. Tomorrow we'll be halfway <sighs> through the legislature this year. So are they going to do a special session? We don't right know yet. You don't know we'll yet. see. We got 30 more days. Um, we're, we're, we, all we legally have to do is the budget. And so. I don't know if we'll even get that done. <laughs> I'll be like, wow. let's just get the budget and sit here. So what are your, like, what is a day, typical day like for you when, during session? Like how, what are the hours? Well, um, whenever meetings start till whenever they end, like I just left the Capitol and I've got to go back after this. You um, just for like stakeholders meetings, like working on bills and stuff. But uh my day typically starts around 9 a.m. at mm-hmm. the Capitol. I mm-hmm. take my kids to school beforehand and mm-hmm. then I go in and go early and read bills and get my work done and then start meeting with constituents normally from nine to 10. Then I've got meetings from 10. We've got session at 11 and then we've got meetings all afternoon. Mm-hmm. How many kids do you have? You have two? Two. Yeah. And and what are the seven and nine, seven and nine. Mm-hmm. And where do they go to school? Do you care if I ask? Overbrook. Okay. I had kids that went through yeah. Overbrook. That's awesome. Yeah. I went to Overbrook, so I'm happy that they're Yeah. There. Well, I was in the area for Overbrook, but I, yeah. I did go to a private school. However, I did send my kids to, you know, yeah. Overbook and John Adams. We've got and lots GW. of good choices. Yeah, we do. Um, so what's that like, juggling? It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I'm lucky to have a partner that um, has a pretty flexible schedule with his career. Mm-hmm. And so I ask him to stay home during session so mm-hmm. he can help. And then luckily my my parents are retired, so they can help too. So yeah. it's hard, though. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's being a working mom is no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I raised, well, we've got five kids, got four of them out of the house, and, <laughs> you know, then we had one late in life. Um, and now I'm a nini yeah. and a grandma. And it's just, I think women, I'm, I'm not complaining. I love my role as a woman. Right. Um, but I definitely think that it is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. You know? Yeah. And, and we take on a lot. That probably should, you know, give a little bit more, you know, give a little bit more responsibility to the husband or the, yeah. the partner. But I don't know. We like to do it all. Yeah. Our society's not really set up that way either, which is unfortunate. But we can change it. Yeah, we can. But the way my brain works, I, I mean, I know my daughter's 18, mm-hmm. but I'm still like, I, I do it better. 
So we're just going to do it. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I, I sure. know that I have, I know that I'll clean the dishes the right, way, you know, right. like I'll have to worry about it if I clean it, you know, like no, no, I, we're just so, not, you know, we're just not doing them any favors. I, no. Okay. So, Hey Kayla, I need to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What does the Bible say about how to deal with homeless people? I don't know. I don't know. What does it say? Well, I was just asking. I don't know the answer. That, I'm not a religious person, so okay. I, I do not know. That's just a question. I, how about this one? Do homeless people have a place in our city? What do you mean by that? That's what I said. That, it, we have to give. We have <laughs> no, to give her some background no, I mean, because she no, no, thinks no, no, no. that you know. No, no, no. I, I, it's, I, it's it's not a trick question. It's, it's really not. It was a question she was asked on another podcast, podcast. by yeah. another host. And so I, you know, was asked. She was floored. I so. was just a little like. Yeah. If yeah. I don't understand a question, I like to get a little more context. So, well, and, and you know, I, that's what I asked. I'm yeah. like, you know, I what I don't necessarily. What do you think, or what yeah. does that necessarily mean? And the interviewer was like, well, you know, I I don't really like when people ask me the questions. I'm supposed to be the interviewer, and I'm like, yeah, but you gotta, yeah. I gotta comprehend what a question means. So, I mean, I think all people have a place in a city. Right. So right. I, what's yeah? What's so the what setup? what what is your what is your view on that? Do um, homeless people have a place in our city? What is their place? Well, I think everybody has a place in society. Right. I, but I'm also kind of, um, my views tend to skew pretty libertarian in that I just want to kind of leave people alone and mm-hmm. let them do what they want to do. I mean, I don't know how people that don't have homes got there, and I'm sure they got there through a myriad of different reasons. You mm-hmm. know, everybody has their own path. And so... Right. I, I don't know how people got places, but I do think it's our responsibility to, as a society to make sure everybody uh, has the basic needs met, and I don't think that we do that very well. We as people on the earth. Mm-hmm. So what do we do about this problem in Charleston? I have then? no idea. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's just Charleston. I think it's no, every it's not. city right. in the yeah. country. So mm-hmm. I don't know that it's specifically a failure of anyone here in Charleston. Right. Um, but... I don't know what the answer is. I think I think we could learn a lot by talking to some of those people mm-hmm. to figure out where they are. But again, that would be their own personal thing and not, you know, I would say that people that don't have homes aren't a monolith just like any other group of people. So, well, what do we do about what do we do about the children that are that are going to school downtown and that are dealing with with these, you know, my whole thing is like I don't think it's safe for anyone to live outside. I don't think it's safe. Sure. Um, and I don't think it's safe, especially, you know, so, a, a lot of the times, you know, people that are homeless are there for, you know, because of drug addiction sure. or mental illnesses mm-hmm. and, and they're not, not stable individuals. Right. Um, and my grandson attends preschool down, downtown and I was a teacher downtown mm-hmm. at Piedmont elementary and dealt with a lot of the, of the negative, um, sure. impacts and stuff. Um, and so my thing is just like it, from a safety point of view, you know, whether it's, you know, the people living and working in Charleston, whether it's the homeless, it's not even safe for them to be outside. You right. know, it's a safety concern. But anyway, I just thought that was an interesting. That is interesting. An interesting, interesting question. Um, and I want to say, first of all, that I appreciate you coming on here because um, we've asked a lot of Democrats, haven't we, to come on the show. We have had uh, Doug Scaff mm-hmm. has come on. Uh, Rich Lindsay, before he mm-hmm. lost his seat, came on. Um, who else has come on? That's I've asked Mike Pushkin to come on several times yeah, as he, the leader of the Democratic Party. He's not he's mm-hmm. not real keen on coming in here. I keep saying I'm a nice person. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we're having I, a conversation. We're just, we're it's not, just a conversation. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, it's like I don't you know I, I love you, Sarah. I love Ron, but you know I'm not going to stretch my brain or you know get the other side mm-hmm. if I just talk to people all the time that agree with me. Right, right? that's a bad thing to do. Right. And so that's why I think it's interesting to have you in here because there, you know, there's some clearly um, we're on opposite aisles or opposite oh, sure. sides of the political aisle. Yeah. You know that. And I know mm-hmm. that. Um, and so I'm just going to talk about some things that might be hard to talk about. Is that's that okay? Fine. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, why don't you tell me what um, you've got some bills that you've introduced mm-hmm. in the House. Yes. Why do you, yeah, why don't you tell me about a couple of those, if you don't mind? Yeah, most of my bills are carryovers from last year, so I have quite a few things. Um, something that's really important to me is uh, access to child care, so that's pretty much my number one focus this year mm-hmm. is uh, the pandemic really showed that um, our society relies on child care as, yes, as everything, and mm-hmm. we can't function without it. 
And not only do we need it for making sure that adults have uh, access to jobs and being able to go to work, but mm-hmm. also we need to be making sure we're developing our children at a young age and, you know, helping them develop their brains in a in a smart way. And so sure what does your bill food. do? So there's, I have several. Um, one may, is about enrollment versus attendance. It's very in the weeds for subsidy payments where basically it it ensures that child care facilities are funded from children on subsidies. So right now they're, they only get paid if a child is on a subsidy, so subsidized child care. Um, if the child shows up, they get paid. But mm-hmm. if the child doesn't show up, they don't get paid. Well, the, 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 the facility's got to be open either way, and they can't control whether kids are coming or not. But mm-hmm. the problem with that is they're only paid for so many hours. So, yes. Right. So they'll say, okay, this is what your income is, mm-hmm. and we're only going to pay for 40 hours yeah. a week yep. or 40 hours every two weeks. So okay. you've got to figure out however, and we're only paying for that. So if you go over, they're going to send you a bill, and that's what oh, they sure. say to you. Yeah, they will. They yeah. will. And that, but I think that's the, uh, I wish we would cover childcare for more people, but right. at least I can comprehend that. Right. But if that person that has the childcare then doesn't go to school, their their child doesn't go that day because they're sick or grandma's in town or mm-hmm. they just don't make it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. the, the center isn't being paid, even though they're holding that spot for that child. Mm-hmm. So during the pandemic, we did it, we changed it to if they're enrolled and they attend at least 13 days a month, then, mm-hmm. then they get paid. Mm-hmm. This is a very benign, boring bill. Um, okay. Right now, if everybody showed up, we would have to pay that amount of money no matter what. But okay. since everybody doesn't show up, we have underfunded child care for the last decade. So it the, the bill does cost some money. Um, I was going to say, where's that? how's that going to be paid for? Um, well, we've just been underfunding it because right now, if everybody did show up, uh-huh. that's the amount that it would cost no matter okay, what. But if the child doesn't show up, mm-hmm. the child isn't... They don't get paid. Then the center doesn't get right. paid. So but they're not but they're not caring for that child that day. No, but the lights are still on and uh-huh. the employees are still there and the food was already bought. Okay. And so they're they operate as if everyone's gonna come every day and that's how they have to operate. Okay. So they may take every month they may have six thousand dollars in expenses. Right. Let's just say let's just throw that out. Mm-hmm. But if you're only and you have two hundred students and only hundred and fifty come you still need to make six thousand dollars, but if they're not coming and they're on subsidy, sub- subsidy, subsidy, mm-hmm. they're only they're not getting paid for those days, so their right. income is going to fluctuate month to month. And she wants to take away the fluctuation just to give them some stabilization. Right. It's actually pretty. It's very benign. It's pretty okay. boring, um, and it has also. Uh, it's I've co-sponsored it with Delegate Summers, who's mm-hmm. the chair of House Health. We've worked on it for a couple of years together. I'm looking at my other bills now because I have. Well, we have a, the dog bill. We have a bunch of them. I oh, love the dog the bill. Dog bill. Yeah, the dog bill got a lot of flack. Which no, is it? Because yeah. I, what I really like. So, what's your dog bill? It allows for dogs in bars and restaurants, um, not where food's being prepared. But um, right now, you can't take your dog into um, recovery uh-huh. or Adelphia. Okay. You could sit on the patio at Adelphia, uh-huh. but you couldn't take the dog inside. But- um, but if the restaurant said it's okay, then you could. Lots of people want to take their dogs places. And I think it would make Charleston and the cities in West Virginia more attractive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very normal thing in the rest of the country. And honestly, it's just about letting private businesses do normal things. And, so. I, and I hear from some a friend of mine that lives in Atlanta. She was like, you know, we, we take our dogs out for walks. Uh-huh. She's like, people have bowls. They put bowls on the street. So that they can it's a very normal. Yeah, it's a very I, normal thing. I was like, so what's That's the pushback? Really cool. The pushback wasn't necessarily about the bill. It was that people were thinking that uh, that that's all I care about. That's all. Why am I spending my time on this when there's actually real things? But I mean, I have small business owners in my district. Right. That this is what they're asking for. So oh. the, you know, the small business owners want the dogs. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and if they don't want the dog, they don't have to have it. So I it see. doesn't hurt anybody. Right. So a private okay. business can just, they can just opt to have a dog, yeah. but, but they can also let's, say no. Let's yeah, say that, that. You, that I had a really, really well-behaved dog. Right. Okay? And I was at your house uh-huh. and we wanted to go over to the bistro. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can't, I, I don't have, I have my dog. Uh-huh. But if they allowed dogs and of course, yeah, my dog I got to say, I, I would be like, let's I'm just on the, go. I'm on the other side. Oh yeah. I'm all about, <laughs> I'm just, I, I think I don't want great. I don't want to eat around a dog. That's okay. That, but that's, yeah, that's totally okay. Yeah, that's okay. I don't have to go to that restaurant, right? Sure, if that's, right. If they do that. Okay, let me ask you about, um, let's see, what what was I looking at? I, I think it was House Bill 2624. Is that one of mine? Yes. Is it? 
Maybe 2624 trauma informed practices in schools. Right. So that's like ACEs programs. We it's in we have ACEs which are adverse childhood experiences mm-hmm. and um we implemented it a few years ago but it's not mandated and I will say that's a bill that I carried over from another legislator who isn't serving any longer. So that is not one I'm incredibly familiar on. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. What about um House Bill 2863? 2863, creating a homeless education coordinator. So Mm -hmm. there was a while ago where we heard that there were 10,000 students that were unhoused. And that apparently that number could mean a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It can mean that they um, uh, are sleeping on a couch at a friend's house or that they aren't sleeping anywhere. It would just have a a person in every county that is assisting those students, whether it's a social worker. Some counties have those, Mm -hmm. some don't. Mm -hmm. That bill has no traction at all. But it would just be to help with... If there are students that are experiencing mm-hmm. that, I can't imagine going, having to be a teenager already, I'm sure it's hard enough, not having a place to sleep, I right. can't imagine. No, so right. it would just yeah. be helping with those services. So I, yeah, I heard that there are what, one thousand, there's over a thousand bills, I think. Oh, and there's normally I mean, several, several thousand. Several thousand? Yeah, I, that's very normal. Um, How do you even? I don't know. So I mean, my mother have, used to work for Senator Menard, and it was crazy. Yeah, it I looks mean, like right now there's been 1,348 bills introduced, okay. and not all of them run. So. Right, 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 right. I have a question mm-hmm. about your ban the box bill. Yeah, I really like mm-hmm. ban the box. It's What's ban, ban the box? box? Okay, so basically, let me let me throw this okay. out here. Ban the box. Um, so you have somebody with a criminal record, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's the duty of the state to encourage and contribute to the successful reintegration of people with criminal history, which I can get behind. Yep. Because I'm all about changing the narrative. Because if you want people to be rehabilitated, you got to quit talking about punishment. Because I'm all about giving people in prison uh, more opportunity to Mm -hmm. make it, because you want to stop that cycle. Sure. So basically, your public employer... When they interview you, you have... You you can't... They can't ask you. You have to do a couple things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, if they get your background and they find that you're a criminal, they have to tell you before they make the decision that this is coming into play, basically, that this is this is an issue. And they mm-hmm. have to literally be like, what was the age? Like they have to it's not just like, oh, he's a criminal, he's mm-hmm. a felon. Let's let's not have this guy. Let's look at what was the severity, how old was he? You know, has he? What what else has he done? There are other factors, and, and I really like that. I yeah. Really, really so when like it's that. when they say ban the box, the box is like you know when you see a job application, it'll say, "Have you been convicted of a felony?" Yes. yes. It would essentially remove that from the application. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop employers from finding out about it. It would just let you get through that first round. So then you can explain yourself because a lot of employers would just say, oh, this person has had a felony. Well, should that disqualify them from every job? No, I don't think it should, but Mm -hmm. it it has been shown to. Yeah. Okay. And I really, I like giving them a more playing field because not everybody. More level playing field. field Because not everybody who is a criminal is going to be a lifelong criminal. And it makes it, uh, it makes it less likely that they would enter prison if you take the box away. Yes, rehabilitation is possible. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I have a very close, he's like a son to me. And um, we that's an issue that he's dealt with for, Mm -hmm. you know, most of his life. Um, All right. So I have a few more things when we we're gonna take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about education because you've okay. got two small kids mm-hmm. in, in the school system. Um, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, education is, is super important to me. I know it's important to you. And so we'll talk about um, education in West Virginia when we come back. Awesome. We'll be back. Brought to you in part by Quinn Computers. With many of us working from home, connectivity is more important than ever. Let Quinn Computers in Spring Hill take care of all your computer challenges. Computer and laptop services, all brands. Network troubleshooting and repair. Wireless network VPN installation and support. Security and firewall installation and support. Backup and recovery service remote system administration. And more at quinntechnology.com. If you would like to tie your business with this popular podcast, you can contact me 
Ron Hughes to advertise at ron.hughes, R-O-N dot H-U-G-H-E-S at wvradio.com or you could call me at 304-342-8131. You're listening to the Scoop Squad Truth Squad, brought to you in part by Quinn Computers in Spring Hill and by Eggplant on Bridge Road. And you're back with the Scoop Squad, Truth Squad. We're here with Sarah and Ron and now with Kayla. And um, so we were just talking about education in school, and I'm a teacher. And so before uh, I came to the podcast, um, a couple of the middle schoolers um, heard me talking to a, a, a friend, a teacher, a friend of mine who was conducting drama class at the time. And they're like, you you have a podcast? <laughs> like, yeah. And they're like, what is it? And I told him, and um and then I told him that you were going to come on, Kayla. Yeah. Like, oh, I know. I know about her. Oh you know, she that's District 50, 56. They Six. knew the, the district. Wow. And there, and he sat there and he said, you know, you know why she won? I'm like, no, tell me why she won. Because she was out knocking on every door. That's true. And, um, you know, the GOP, they just, they're just not very organized. I'm like, oh. dude, do you want to come on my podcast? <laughs> Because I would love to have a conversation <laughs> with you. And that's kind of what I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about sure. that. Because during your campaign, did you have help? I, I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like the, the Democrats are really well organized in West Virginia. I feel like. And that's the other, wow. other thing that this little guy said across from me. He said, and they really don't have a unified message. You know, it, it's God, guns, and life. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty good platform. I, I like that platform. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I can agree with you on the message. Um, but, I mean, you know, he, he, how was it? Who, how did you get help? And it seemed like you, you had a lot of support and help from, from the Democratic Party. Is, is, am I right there? Um, I, I mean, I had support from the party. I will say that's interesting to hear because I feel like, the, we get outspent like 10 to 1 by Republicans mm-hmm. in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. We have nothing compared to what they have. Um, I I have, yeah, I had like paid staff that mm-hmm. was very helpful. And I was fortunate to raise quite a bit of money this time around. So you had paid staff. That, did, did that come through the Democratic Party or was that something no, that I you? No, I paid for that. Okay, okay, yeah. you paid for that. Yeah, out of my campaign. So uh-huh. like, it's not my money, it's my right, campaign money. Right, right. But yeah. Okay. I well, do a lot of fundraising, and I do a lot of door knocking. My, right. What, I think. Do I you hit, have a? Would you have a job? What, what, what is your? Job. What is? What do you do outside of the legislative work? I work in healthcare auditing. Okay, and just oh. what do you? What is that? <laughs> so, um, people that uh, receive like IDD waivers, I work at, with a company that I audit a company that does that through like OFLAC. Okay. You yeah. work for OFLAC? No, no, no. I do okay. not. I am not a state employee. I, was, I work for ooh. a private organization. I also um, operate a food truck. Oh, so I do that in the summer. Oh, okay. I did know that. Yeah. Okay. And what do you, what is the organization that you work for? The company that you audit? Diversified. Diversified. Okay. All right. So that is your, that is your job outside the legislature. I do understand what you do because I worked in uh, collections at CAMC. Okay. And I'm like, they're like, yeah, because we were like trying to get some information and they were like, yeah. They bring in this group like every quarter to mm-hmm. go through mm-hmm. every, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could not imagine. Yeah, I have nothing to do with the day to day. I mm-hmm. just, I'm very back end everything. Where'd That's you go to college? Cool. What's I your went to WVU. I have a, my background's in political science. And you went to GW, is that right? I did, yeah. What, what year did you go? 2006. Okay. So you, I'm trying to think where you were. With Morgan. What year was Ryan? I think he was 2013. Okay. They were all like. Yeah. All, yeah. I was 2006. Yeah. My brother, Bo, was 2008. Okay. And, and Bo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Now I know. Now yes. I know. It's all connecting. It's yeah. all connecting. Well, and I know Mike. <laughs> Everybody knows Everybody my husband. Fine. Yeah. I'm going to have to bring but through him through Bo. Right. Okay. So now it's all making sense. Okay. We're closer than I thought. I, yeah. We are. <laughs> South Hills is a small place. It's a very small yeah. place. Okay. So I want to talk to you about education yeah. because that is something that I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught in the public schools for nine years. Um, you have children in the public school. I put my own children through public yeah. school. Um, and so I just want to talk to you a little bit about the direction that the state is going with education. You know, mm-hmm. we got we got some bad news as far as the, the third graders and, and their reading proficiency and their math skills and mm-hmm. in eighth grade and, and, and as a mom with two children in the public school system right now, what what are your concerns and what do you want to see happen as far as education in West Virginia? 
I will say I don't serve on any of those committees, but I do have two small children who thankfully are very smart, and we do a lot of work with my kids, and they go to a good school. Mm -hmm. So I am happy for that personally. But in general, I think we need to be doing a lot more to support students. I'm really in favor of um, wraparound services just to make sure a lot of kids have what they need to show up at the to show up to school because mm-hmm. I worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I don't know what the answers are, mm-hmm. really. I really have no idea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like anything we're doing is working. Right. So I don't know what the solutions are. Yeah. I don't have, know. Have you talked with any of your, I mean, you're a legislator, mm-hmm. so you know you have a big role to play mm-hmm. in maybe changing the direction of education in West Virginia. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that the the majority has made a lot of changes to allow for charter schools and Hope Scholarship, and we will see how that goes. And mm-hmm. if that is helpful in helping students get a better education, I don't I don't know how it will go. Um, I worry about the, pub, the funding of the public education system due to that and our constitutional liability of making sure that we're providing a good public education. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that the Supreme court touched on that a little bit earlier this. Well, I guess it was last year, Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know what the answers are. Mm -hmm. I will say this is not one of my strong suits. So I'm open to all suggestions of what you think will make education better, especially with your experience. Yeah. It's just complicated. Education is one of those. I I don't think it has to be complicated. I think it's being made complicated. Mm -hmm. I do think that the pandemic had wreaked havoc. And I think keeping out of children out of school Mm -hmm. um, for so long, um, you know, when, when was a problem and, and we, we may never recover from, Mm -hmm. from what we lost. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you're the legislator and, um, you know, you guys are there to fix things yeah. for us and to get us back on track. So yeah. I just didn't know if you how involved you were, um, you know, and, and, and as far as your own kids' education. Yeah. And I know that you have um, nieces in, in mm-hmm. private school. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I just thought we would, would chat about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, but. I'm definitely not anti-alternative to public uh-huh. school education. So, you're, so you, you're okay with, with the HOPE scholarship. I don't love it because of the money that it takes out of the public education system, but I do understand that the public education system doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. When it came to the charter school bill, um, there was a piece in it that made sure that I lived in Ohio for a long time. Ohio has a lot of charter schools, Mm -hmm. and I knew about, there was one called ECOT, I think, that closed very suddenly. It was an online school, and Mm -hmm. there found out to be a lot of financial problems. Mm -hmm. Um, Our bill that passed a few years ago... uh, has zero financial auditing, and I do have concerns about that mm-hmm. because I just don't want any, like, scams. But education-wise, mm-hmm. I think that having something that isn't the normal public education system can be good. Yeah. So that piece I'm definitely... Yeah, I think competition to. is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I've yeah. been I've been in, involved in both public mm-hmm. and private. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think I, we need to do something, you know, dress oh, yeah. I know that Canal County Schools is, is now, I think they're talking about um, consolidating three more schools. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I'm worried about that. I'm and worried that's about only that. going to keep yeah, going. Three, three schools. <clears throat> there's uh, Marmette Elementary, Grandview, and Weimar, which is in St. Albans, mm-hmm. which is right next door to a middle school. And that means three buildings are going to be available yeah. for uh, – either sale or maybe absorption into uh you know another another school or another program but i guess if our population keeps falling um and then funding keeps going down Mm -hmm. um you know how how are we going to uh replace that you know that funding which means we the the counties lose the funding because of the state state aid formula um but they still have teachers to pay, and they still have, mm-hmm. you know, utilities. How, you know, how are we going to make up for that? Yeah, and that's kind of like a rhetorical question. <laughs> I worry about those pieces too. Yeah, and my kids were so my son was in um, kindergarten when the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. and he left for spring break and never went back for over a year. And yeah. so it was. I worry about them. Yeah, and I mean, why? I don't understand why have we not learned anything from school consolidation? You know, <laughs> which brings me to another point. You talked about people leaving, or lo- losing population, and I was actually listening to one of your um, colleagues in in the house, mm-hmm. Danielle Walker. Walker was talking about. Um, I try to, you know, pick up these interviews yeah. about um, what's going on at the legis- legislature uh, as whenever I can find time. But she t- was talking about. Um, uh, 
she put forth that people were leaving the state because um, one of the reasons she said that we didn't offer gender affirming therapy, like families were leaving because we of the of a lack. So that's of, the bill that that's the bill that just passed the house. It's right. not law yet, but I think okay. there is some concern that that people that have trans children will be leaving because of that. Okay. Because we don't have gender affirming We therapy. have it, and the bill that just passed the House, which is now in the hands of the Senate, mm-hmm. so is not law yet, but that bill will ban gender-affirming care for children. Is it? What, wait, ban gender? Okay, I don't have the bill in front of me. Maybe I need to get so, the bill. Yeah, so, House Bill 2007, and it okay. bans um, sur- surgery for trans minors, which uh, we had testimony that that is not, and has not happened, mm-hmm. and which I agree, we should not be doing surgery on minors like that. Right. I had an amendment to ban all kinds of surgery for minors, and that failed. But then also gender-affirming care. So that can be three different things. That can be puberty blockers um, for someone going through puberty of either male or female to mm-hmm. stop puberty. It doesn't, um, it doesn't hurt anybody. It just slows it down. So puberty would still happen once you stop taking the medication. It would just stop it for that time period mm-hmm. because um, – and I don't know this personally, but trans youth say that uh, puberty can be pretty devastating for them. Right. And so um, the alternative is uh, taking hormones. So whether that be testosterone for females or estrogen for males for um, for their gender affirming care for the gender that they are. Okay. My daughter and I had this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know about the surgery. Sure. And, and I said, I don't, I don't know. I said, but because... I can understand the blockers. She was like, I can get behind the blockers. She's like, I don't know if I could do the hormones, but here's my thing. There are cases mm-hmm. where you have children who are severely impaired and the parents are wanting to put them on blockers. So it's easier to take care of them for longer because there's no one to take care of their children except for them. And it's a slippery slope for me mm-hmm. because once we, not that I'm not for it, not that I don't think that there are transgender kids mm-hmm. out there, but that is a slippery slope for me. Mm-hmm. Once we start here, are we going to, where does it end? This for was me? for, this specifically was for kids that are transitioning. Okay. Only. So like there are a lot of children and I mean, my kids have friends that have precocious puberty. So like a young girl who is, She's uh, seven years old and she's already started puberty and that is happening quite a bit. Yes. And there are, and it's not, it's just a health thing and it's called precocious puberty. And um, so she takes puberty blockers because she doesn't want to have, because she was five, she was five years old. She mm-hmm. didn't want, yeah. she needed to delay puberty. Mm-hmm. So she takes puberty blockers. This would not affect her. These are only for kids that are transitioning. When we talk about blockers mm-hmm. and who, would how would mental would it be just mental health providers prescribing those or would it be just the family doctor They're normally it's normally a family doctor and it's uh from i don't know a lot about this but my understanding is it's done after a lot of um counseling and consultation okay. Okay. and of course parental consent okay. so this actually took parental consent away completely and we had a bill that we had an amendment to the bill that said you know you might not like this but if the parents say that it's okay then they should be allowed to do it. Yeah, I would rather my child be alive. Now, would that? Yeah, would, would that? I mean, it, would that make it paid for then? No. For okay, no, just most, just, no. just the option. Just to letting have the parents the have the rights to say whether their children can do that. Most most of this is not ever covered by mm-hmm. insurance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, I just thought it was interesting that she that you know she felt like yeah. there was going to be a mass exodus because of. The lack of gender. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I really wanted to leave before because everybody that knows me knows that my daughter has horrible issues with depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm lucky she's still alive. And my main concern was uh, whether we have mental health providers. I yeah. was ready to leave. My, that's my main concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's not, we, you know, getting it. That's an area that we lack. Yeah. We big lack time. really good resources big, for. Big, big time. Um, yeah. What, I was going to ask you also about... Um, the where you stood as far I think it's a House Bill twenty seven eighty nine, um, removing the certificate of need f- from birthing centers. I was supportive of that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I gave birth in a birthing center. I wanted to do that. Well, we gave birth at a, a I gave birth a lot of different places. <laughs> 
several places. But man, I'm going to tell you the birthing the bir- the birthing center experience was just wonderful. Yeah, oh, that, it was. I mean, it was. I wish I could have done it. I did it with my third child, uh, with Gracie, and then. I was going to, um, the plan was to have Rebecca in the same birthing center, um, but I was a week late, and they would not break my water, and I and I had a guy. You were this, miserable, I was miserable, you? and he was not listening to me, and so the best case scenario for me was to call my friend down the street who was, you know, just finished his residency and was an OB, and he's like, I mean, sure. the hospital. That's but then nice. he also let me kind of control the birth. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have to be hooked up to the machines and I could get up and walk around. But I, yeah, I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. One thing that, that I had heard from a lawmaker who was making an argument, <clears throat> maybe from the floor of the, of the session, was that birthing centers can take away um, resources and income from from regular hospitals in that the birthing centers usually get the cream of the crop of you know people with income that can afford to pay uh, that you know or maybe they have the really good insurance whereas the hospital then gets um, only those that maybe have uh, state state uh, uh, welfare plans mm-hmm. or or you know, plans where they, they don't get paid, reimbursed very much. That's the only argument that I heard against that, it would, that it would hurt the small hospitals. Hmm. I don't agree with that at all. I wish when we talked about health care, we didn't just talk about cost. Right. Well, I, I didn't know if you'd heard that. Um, it was on the Yeah, the I heard it morning. on the floor, and I, I just don't believe that to be true. Okay. Well, here's the thing. If, if, if I'm going to be in a – I don't think I would want to be in a small hospital giving birth. If I had the choice, I'd come to Charleston. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but I'd want to be in a in a larger hospital. Well, people should have the choice. Yeah. The, yeah that's, that's the issue, and that's choice, what the bill's right? about. It's yeah. all about choice. Um, and so, I, I, and I, speaking of choice, um, you know, you and I have very different views on, on you know, we just had a huge, um, we do not we no longer have abortion in West Virginia right, right. we do we do have there there is abortion for life of the mother or rape or incest victims so mm-hmm. that is still a thing okay. but there is essentially a ban on elective abortion right right um, you know I could ask you what you're what you how you feel about that or if you yeah. think we're you know just what do you feel about that? I feel what? terrible about that. Um, I don't want, I think that's a decision that should be made between a doctor and a patient, and mm-hmm. that's none of my business. I don't want that to be any of my business. But it already was, wasn't it? I mean, it was already l- happening. It was already What do you mean? Law. I mean, well, we had, land, we right? had abortion. Well, Roe versus Wade fell right, last right, summer in right. June, um, and, uh, at that point, we had a 20-week, well, we had the criminal one that got upheld. It was kind of confusing what happened here in West Virginia, mm-hmm. but um, we essentially had a 20-week ban. So right. abortions were banned after 20 right. weeks. At that point in time, there was only one provider doing it, and they were only doing it up to 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were some things with the courts, because we did have a criminal penalty on the books. And right. um, now we have pretty much a full-on ban. Yeah. And that criminal criminal penalty was left over from the uh, 19th century law from the 1800s. That's right. Yes, and then of course Roe v. Wade put that on the back burner, but it still existed in that's state right. code. Is that's it, right. Okay, I just want to make sure I understood that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and one mm-hmm. last one last question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had Doug Scaff in here not too long mm-hmm. ago. Maybe it was a few months ago. It was before yeah, one of our first. Yeah, it was together. before the whole podcast with. Um, um, Don Blankenship, that whole kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and and the rumblings were that the Democratic Party was very unhappy mm-hmm. that, and so how has that relationship, I, I mean, I know there was some probably some tension between Democrats mm-hmm. who did not feel that Don Blankenship deserved airtime, mm-hmm. um, and then with some reporters that felt like he did not ask, you know, tough enough mm-hmm. questions, so, so um, which ended you know, was probably caused some tension between the Democratic Party and Doug Scaff. Mm-hmm. And, and just what were your thoughts on that? And has that has that relationship, has that gone away? 
Doug and I have a great relationship. Um, we used to represent the same district, and now we represent districts right next to each mm-hmm. other, but we're still close. And uh, there was some tension within our caucus, and we dealt with it as a caucus. I, I let Doug know how I felt about it. I said, you know what, you do at your job is none of my business, but here's my feelings mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And um, no, we're fine. Good, good. So w- what is it like being, like, there's not too many of you Democrats at the at there's, the state house. Yeah, there's 12 <laughs> of us in the house. So the house has 100 members. There's 12 Dems in the house. And um, out of 34 in the Senate, there's three. So there's 15 mm-hmm. out of 134. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now in my third year and worked there before as a lobbyist. So I already knew a lot of people mm-hmm. and I already knew the process. I think I'm able to get quite a bit done still, mm-hmm. but, um, I've had a couple bills running committee, but in general, yeah, it's, it's tough. Okay. Who, were you, lo- who did you lobby for? Um, the environmental council. Okay. So I worked on a lot of solar and clean water stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, stuff that was signed into law while we were there. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it's, I'm used to losing, but, um, Honestly, most of the things we do aren't very controversial. Right. People hear about the controversial stuff, right. but 90% of what we do we is not controversial, on. and it's things we agree on. I think the leadership in the House, the leadership in the House and the Senate um, are both very focused on economic development, and that's mm-hmm. something that I can absolutely get behind. Um, the red meat social stuff always comes up. Yeah, it, right. It's always going to come right, up because... Right. Because there's members that want that. There's people at home that want that. Right. So that's always going to happen. But most of what we do is not that. Right. So what is the economic development? What What are some things that you're seeing in the legislature right now that you can get on board with and then other things that you don't necessarily think are good for yeah, economic um, development? Honestly, most of the economic development stuff I feel good about. We're doing a lot of things to bring jobs and people here. And almost all of the companies that are coming in are are really focused on green energy and mm-hmm. committed to green energy and new energy jobs. I've been one of the big proponents of uh, allowing nuclear energy in West Virginia. That was my big bill last year that was me and Speaker Hanshaw and President Blair. We teamed up and got that done in the first was the first bill signed into law last year. And now now we've got Bill Gates coming and knocking on our doors mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. meetings with him to, to bring nuclear energy to West Virginia. So you, you met Bill Gates? Yeah. He came to talk about is, nuclear energy. Is he really as nerdy as I think he yes. is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely he is. He's wonderful, though. And I mean, so, I must say, I mean, I, he just... Oh, he's very like, nerdy. Just, yeah. Well, you have to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. I find my... I think I'm pretty nerdy, so he's very nerdy. I just... He just looks so... He's exactly like that. Okay. So he, talk about nuclear great. energy. Yeah. So I love nuclear energy. Nuclear I energy... I hydrogen committee... Yeah, we've got hydrogen going on too. So all of the new energy that's coming in the world, nuclear energy is something that can replace all the fossil fuels. That I'm I'm not a turn all the coal off tomorrow kind of person, but mm-hmm. I do recognize that the global market is demanding we move away from fossils. And I'm mainly focused on making sure that those communities and those miners and all of those people are made whole and that we are doing things in conjunction with them instead of to them like we've done for the last several decades. So Mm -hmm. making sure that those people are there and nuclear is an option where basically we can take a power plant, rip the guts out and put in a nuclear reactor. I've, I got to go to France in December I was going to say, legislator. I saw your picture. Yeah. They're big on nuclear energy. They have there. 80% nuclear energy. So I went to France on behalf of the state of West Virginia, and I got to tour all of their facilities and see how they do it and see what we could do. What so I, it was what fa- I think fascinating. Is, what I think is awesome is Germany is literally telling people at this point that they're like, don't turn on your heat. You're just not, you're just going to have to not turn on your heat. I'm sorry. Yeah. And France is like, yo, we got this. Yeah. Like it's the difference between night and day in two neighboring countries because France, because Germany is still, you know, they need the pipeline mm-hmm. and France is over here with nuclear energy. And we're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We just don't ever want to be the people telling our people that they have to turn their heat off. Right. So whatever we need to do to make sure that we have safe energy that is also affordable because everybody's utility rates are through the roof. Yeah. 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 It's not easy going to the grocery store these days. Absolutely either, not. It's no. Like, so hopefully we can get some tax reform done too to help yeah. people out in that way. Well, Kayla, I am just so excited that you came yeah, on. Yeah, thanks it was, for having me. You know, if you, if you don't mind, just spread the word that it was a good experience. It is. <laughs> It absolutely is. I mean, I'm glad I got to make it to sit in here and have a conversation. And you know, I know we disagree on a whole bunch of stuff, but I know that there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can agree on Mm -hmm. that can make 
you know, West Virginia better. Mm-hmm. Um, and congratulations and keep Thanks. working and um, come back. Yes. I, I would love to. Thank you guys that'd for be having great. me. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Yeah, we'll do city council next week. Yeah, well, we, talk, we talked, you know, a little bit about yeah. it. We'll, we'll come back next week and talk about Bill uh, 7983, um, the health and sanitation or the health equity action yes, plan. Yes, yes. I, I may have some no, more questions I'm not sure and what information that means. by then. don't know what that means, but we'll find out. Maybe we'll have some answers maybe, for you next maybe. time. Maybe. All right. All right, Ron. Thanks. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Well, you'll hear us next week, Charleston. Bye, guys. Bye. Rebroadcast, retransmission, or transcription is not permissible without the expressed approval of Scoop Squad Truth Squad. Copyright 2023. have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.